0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Destiny Muller. And I'm Emily Hood. On today's episode,
1: we'll be heading back to Bowling Green, Missouri, to hear how they are making small business ventures accessible in their downtown district.
0: After that, we'll learn how Kansas City companies are working to fend off cyber attacks. As always, we'll also provide the week's digits, headlines, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's Speak Startup.
1: Destiny, I come to this podcast recording with some incredible news, and it is quite possibly the best news I have ever brought to this podcast.
0: All right. Well, that is a serious claim right there. What
1: is it? So we've been focusing a lot on the return of events in this podcast on the
0: past few weeks, right? Yes, all the time. That's a big story for small businesses. Well, let me tell you, there is a certain event I
1: was very excited to hear is back for the fall this week. The man, the myth, the legend, my idol, Harry Styles, is coming back to St. Louis for his next tour. I'm going to lose my mind. I love concerts. I love Harry Styles. This is going to be the best concert I have ever been to.
0: Oh wow, I'm so happy for you. I can't believe they're not sold out. I think it actually is, but
1: I got tickets for this concert way back in December of 2019, pre-pandemic, for, as a Christmas gift and I'm finally getting to go.
0: That that's amazing. I'm I'm very happy for you. I love concerts too, but uh never been that big of a directioner.
1: I have to admit I was a huge One Direction fan. I went to two of their concerts and I went to their last tour in Kansas City when I was 13 years old. One of the band members threw a water bottle into the crowd and I caught it. I still have it underneath my bed. That is one of the proudest moments of my middle school career, maybe my whole life, to be honest.
0: I, I like that for you. That's a great accomplishment. Do you put that on your resume?
1: Um, absolutely. That's usually what I lead in with job interviews. Actually, I'm a professional One Direction water bottle catcher. Yeah.
0: Right before NBA reporter.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Harry Styles' return to Missouri might be some of the best news that I've gotten this week. Why don't we get to our actual headlines?
0: All right. Sounds good. St. Louis biotech startup WuGen raised $172 million in Series B funding. The round was led by the London-based life sciences investment firm, Abingworth, and Asia-based investor Tyborn Capital Management. This was one of the largest equity funding rounds in the history of St. Louis companies. Wugan was founded in 2018 and creates cell therapies to treat various cancers. After this latest round of funding, it has raised over $200 million. It plans to put the funding towards clinical trials for a few of their treatments. The Small Business Administration's
1: Shuttered Venue Operators Grant Program that opened last April still has over $4 billion in funding left to give out. The agency, however, has been slow to send out the money. The program provides grants to live music venues, performing arts centers, talent representatives, and museum operators. More than 3,000 applications are still in review. Grants are capped at $10 million and vary depending on an organization's monthly gross revenue. The slow rollout and remaining funding is opposite the struggles of the Restaurant Revitalization Fund.
0: A new report from the National Federation of Independent Business shows that the small business revenue is hurting from a lack of workers. According to the report, 19% of small businesses that are experiencing staffing shortages are seeing a significant loss of sales opportunities. This can result in shorter business hours or new incentives to bring workers back. Some of the incentives small businesses are offering to workers include hiring bonuses and increased wages.
1: Harris-Stowe State University announced plans Wednesday to launch a satellite location to help train students for careers in the geospatial tech industry. The lab is the latest in a series of efforts that have followed St. Louis' selection as the site of a new $2 billion headquarters for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. The location in downtown St. Louis, called Geo Hornet Lab, will help students learn more about the industry, build relationships with government officials and corporations, and grow their STEM sales.
0: Kansas City area startup Doppler raised $4 million in a funding round led by San Francisco-based Burnt Island Ventures. The company creates software to help governments respond to public works problems. Its software is used by 200 municipalities in almost 30 states and has even begun to roll out in Canada and Brazil. CEO John Bertrand said the company plans to hire leadership in its marketing and customer service departments and find new employees in its sales and software development areas. If I say the word chalet, what does that make you think of? I think
1: of an extravagant woodsy cabin in Switzerland.
0: Right. It's such a fancy word. It sounds like something out of The Hobbit or Narnia.
1: Ah, yes. My favorite book in the series,
0: The Lion, the Witch, and the Chalet. I went to a chalet the other day. Actually, I went to three, but not the type you were thinking of. Where were they at? These chalets were in Bowling Green, the eastern Missouri town I am reporting on for Missouri Business Alert's Outstate series on entrepreneurship in small towns across the state. So what is Bowling Green's definition of a chalet? They are small, low-rent, short-term lease option buildings for entrepreneurs who may not feel ready to dive headfirst into occupying a more permanent space. The name was taken from another small town in Michigan, and Bowling Green is using the idea to streamline a downtown revitalization project. That's cool. So they're like pop-up shops, but even more long-term? Yes, exactly. They're meant to boost small businesses and foot traffic in the area. I spoke with Tracy Brookshire, the president of the Bowling Green Chamber of Commerce and the chair of the downtown revitalization project, to learn more. The Downtown Revitalization Project in Bowling Green began in 2017 after two old buildings were demolished. The loss sparked conversations in which townspeople reminisced about what the square once was. A destination full of shops, bustling with feet and shatter. Tracy Brookshire quickly took the lead on the town's big project. One of her first steps was making entrepreneurship as accessible as possible. That accessibility starts with chalets. There are three in downtown Bowling Green right now. They're all small, wooden structures, no larger than a pickup truck. One blue, one red, and one gray. All of them line tightly in a row sitting along a brick sidewalk on the south side of the square. The blue one is perfect for Danielle Poole, who has been searching for somewhere to start her juice bar since February.
1: Oh my gosh, the other places that I've looked have been like right around $1,000 a month. And that's just for average building, not even anything spectacular.
0: The rent for a chalet is $350 a month, and that includes all utilities except water. Pool is from Vandalia, about a 20-minute drive from Bowling Green. But between the price and Brookshire's willingness to help, choosing the town was an easy decision. Uh, She's been a huge help with the building
1: and stuff, Um, getting it all organized for me and I mean, it's been a breeze. I didn't really have to do too much. I
0: made a post on Facebook and she was like, here, here's an opportunity. (laughs) The chalet lease options are for either six months or a year. And if you already rent a chalet, then you get first dibs for renewing the lease. In the future, the revitalization team plans to add murals, picnic tables, and small weekly farmers markets in the area.
2: And this is more of a first startup entrepreneurs who are trying to get their feet wet in the retail world. So hopefully this is just kind of like a a first step into getting that big brick and mortar down the road.
0: Brookshire says the system allows the downtown marketplace she's creating to be as desirable and hassle-free for interested renters as possible.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, money is the biggest thing, obviously, you know, and we need a lot of it to do what we need to do. But the community has been super supportive. Even businesses outside of downtown are willing to help sponsor events and make things happen.
0: Currently at three chalets, Brookshire hopes to have seven eventually, but the downtown revitalization project isn't cheap. A sign in front of the existing chalets estimates a final cost of $50,000. A total Brookshire is trying to reach through fundraising and donations of land. One small plot of land appraised at around $9,500 has already been donated to the project by a nearby business.
2: I don't think it'll be a problem to fill them. I think it's just gonna take some time to get the visibility out there. People know that we're here. Even just I posted pictures on the new one going in and since then I've had four people reach out to me asking about them.
0: Only one of the chalets currently has a tenant, but Berkshire doesn't believe that that is due to a lack of interest in entrepreneurship.
2: Our downtown is really growing already. A lot of people are putting more work and effort into their buildings. We've got newer businesses that have started up that's really help develop a lot of foot traffic downtown so we feel like having this downtown marketplace there with the chalets is really going to help the marketplace bounce off of those places that already have a good customer base and then hopefully with us adding these here it will just add to all that foot traffic and kind of give people a destination for shopping downtown and being in bowling green
0: brookshire describes a symbiotic relationship expanding in the community one where old businesses help new and vice versa She has already seen progress in town in terms of current businesses.
2: If it wasn't for the already awesome business community we have, I think it'd be a lot harder. But I think we're lucky even though it's a small town, we're all pretty close-knit and everybody wants to see each other succeed. So that's been a huge, huge help.
1: Since you're a reporter,
0: how often do you check your email? Oh, I check it all the time. That's kind of half my job. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. It's
1: especially painful to sort through all those spam emails.
0: Oh, like the ones from the Prince of Nigeria promising me riches in exchange for my social security number? Right. I've definitely gotten a few of those, too. But certain spam emails can be even more dangerous
1: for a company's infrastructure.
0: That sounds scary. Tell me more. A
1: single email could be responsible for taking down an entire company due to a cybersecurity hack. One click of a link in an email sent from a hacker could give them access to a company's entire network, causing some of the huge cyber attacks we've seen in the past few years. Once they gain access, hackers can force companies to pay millions to get access to their
0: system. What can companies do to prevent cyber attacks? Well, the
1: cybersecurity industry is growing to help companies prevent these cyber attacks, including in Kansas City. KCUR and Missouri Business Alert reporter D.C. Benincasa spoke with these cybersecurity businesses about how they're helping fight cyber attacks and keeping up with increased demand.
3: Ransomware attacks, where hackers gain control of a company or government servers and demand money to unlock the network, happen everywhere. Locally, in the last two years, Metropolitan Community College, Truman Medical Center, and the City of Independence have all been targeted. Byron Clymer leads cybersecurity work for Kansas City insurance brokerage locked-in companies.
0: The threats come out daily, so you're on the wall daily preventing looking for attacks, trying to prevent them, trying to figure out other ways that they might be trying to get
3: in. Clymer says hackers used to just get in and get out, focusing on stealing data and selling it on the dark web. But now, Clymer says hackers will follow a trail of interconnected devices and networks, latching onto anything they can, including other businesses.
0: Now it's about as they break in and they get on that one box, that one computer, How can they figure out to move to the next one and the next one and the next one?
3: This is how a ransomware attack on one company can turn into an attack on hundreds of companies, like the attack on U.S. tech firm Kaseya, halting operations for over 1,000 companies over the 4th of July weekend. Globally, the cybersecurity market has gone from a few billion dollars 15 years ago to over $150 billion today, according to a global market research company. Bill Bronckhart is the owner of three cybersecurity businesses in Kansas City, and says business has doubled in the last two years.
1: There's no question that the media attention, these other high-profile pro- attacks, have caught the ears of some people.
3: That it should. Bronkhart says the Kansas City cybersecurity industry is strong because of the accessibility and affordability of internet connections. I, I know in
1: California, and in my business, we've had to buy internet connections, dedicated high speed, and it's a fraction of the cost here than it is up there.
3: Michael Hannon is the chief security officer at LightEdge, a data storage company located in one of Kansas City's industrial caves. He says startups here are more likely to invest in cybersecurity.
1: They see that, you know, the solution isn't, is too expensive or not covering Um, the risk that actually sits out there. So they're trying to do something differently. And I I think that's pretty unique.
3: Kansas City is home to a range of cyber defense businesses. And Hannon says they learn from one another.
1: We've done a really good job within the city of bringing those people together um, and giving them a chance to talk and work together. Because if we don't come together on these types of things, no one wins.
3: Travis Holt is the founder of Brush Creek Partners, a cybersecurity insurance and contract review company. He says he started reaching out to businesses with sensitive data like banks and hospitals more than 10 years ago.
1: They have zero desire to have a conversation. And our our phone now rings off the hook with companies calling us saying, I need help.
3: Holt says companies should view their cyber defense investment like running away from a bear.
1: You don't have to be the fastest you just can't
2: be the
3: slowest. And while Holt says it's very costly to get to 100 percent cybersecurity coverage, he says it's not necessary to invest that much.
2: In most cases,
1: getting the 90 percent is sufficient because there are so many people that are just so inadequate that, you know, the hackers are going to pick on the easy targets.
3: But for businesses that can't afford to hire someone, it can be relatively inexpensive to protect against attacks. Pulsinelli data security lawyer Alex Boyd says employee education, backing up data, and multi-factor authentication can protect businesses against most attacks.
1: I would estimate that probably cuts out maybe at least 80% of of a lot of the incidents
0: that we see.
3: Some in the cybersecurity world believe companies aren't committed enough to cyber defense. Some even think if ransomware attacks continue to grow, there will likely be a national cybersecurity requirement, especially for critical infrastructure. For KCUR 89.3, I'm D.C. Benincasa.
1: All right, it is time for digits. Destiny, what did you find for us this week?
0: Well, I decided that since you usually come with the large digits, this week it is my turn. So my digit is $150 billion. Taking, taking my role here, what is that from? The Venture Monitor from National Venture Capital Association and PitchBook was released on Tuesday. $150 billion is how much venture-backed companies have received in 2021. We're only halfway done with this year, and that number is 90% more than the entirety of 2020. Plus, this isn't the year's only record. Well, I mean, that makes sense because there was a pandemic last year. Actually, investors and limited partners remained very active in 2020. Last year was also a record-breaking number which really highlights how huge this increase is. The report also shows broken records for deal-making, fundraising, and in the value companies are expected to be sold for, known as their exit value. Interesting. So do they expect this growth to continue? They do. Expectations are even higher for the second half of the year. That's good to hear. What is your digit for this week? Well, Destiny, it looks like we've switched places because
1: I'm coming to you with a relatively low number. My digit for this week is 102.5.
0: All right, give us the details. That's June's National
1: Federation of Independent Business Optimum Index, which measures the attitudes of small business owners. It rose to an eight-month high, increasing by almost three points and beating economist expectations.
0: Interesting that we're hearing about staffing issues at small businesses while optimism remains so high. Yeah, I thought so too, and
1: small businesses are certainly struggling to find employees right now. However, many businesses are planning to raise wages to help recruit more workers. We're coming to the end of this week's episode, and it's now time for our closing thought. Here's Tracy Brookshire from Bowling Green discussing the benefits of starting a business in a small town.
2: If it wasn't for the already awesome business community we have, I think it'd be a lot harder. But I think we're lucky, even though it's a small town, we're all pretty close-knit, and everybody wants to see each other succeed, so that's been a huge, huge help.
0: That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. The episode was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Desi Muller, and Emily Hood. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. You can follow us on social media at Mo Business Alert. That's M O Business Alert. And subscribe to the MBA newsletter on our website. Have a great week. We'll speak with you next time.